European Knights with Tottenham Hotspur. Just not exactly as we planned before the season. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, with your fabulous and always uh, trying to be entertaining as, as much as Tottenham is not at the moment. Michael Ramirez along with Jacob Wallraven. Jacob, mm. State Wren mm-hmm. 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2. Road game in the Europa, Europa, UEFA, Europa, whatever you want to call it, Conference League. My friend, another game with little to no creativity. Another game with an uninspiring performance. What what more can we say, man? It was a, a tough road match. Probably the toughest match that Tottenham will have in their Conference League group in the in the Europa Conference League. But nevertheless... Not too many bright spots and not too many positives to take away from today's match. We've had injuries. We've had uninspiring performances, like we've said, and another game with with the lack of goals. Quite the underwhelming experience, I must say. Um, First off, hello. How you doing, Michael? Um, European Knights, not at the lane, but European Knights in general. I mean... You look forward to these kinds of games, and it's it's pretty unfortunate to see the result that came out of there yesterday. Well, today. This will come out the next day, so I'm giving it a little uh, dated. But, yeah, man, I, I just thought it was a questionable, you know. There were th- there was a few players that started that I was pretty excited about. Um, I just wanted to see, uh, first and foremost, uh, the pairing of Joe Roden and Jeff at Tanganga, I was, that was a pairing that I was pretty excited to see. Obviously, you don't want Matt Doughboy out there on the right, but we had him. Um, he looked god-awful. The pairing looked uh, shaken at times. Um, I was excited to see Tonki and Dombele. I thought he showed a lot of bright spots, as well as a few lazy, uh, a few lazy moments. But overall, I got to give him a pretty good performance. Just, yeah, man, we just couldn't. Couldn't fucking close it out. Couldn't we went behind? I honestly thought we were about to lose that game. The fact that we pulled yep, something out we, of there. We was, very well could have. We very well could have. I was expecting us to lose two one there at the end as well. Let's uh let's go through the starting lineups first. The the reason why I'm not that optimistic coming out of this match and why I'm pretty disappointed was because of what the starting eleven was, the the eleven that we did put out there today. It was strong, man. It was a strong 11 out there. That was definitely a strong 11. And that that was why I was pretty excited because I saw the strength of our 11. I knew we were taking this game pretty seriously. And, man, I was excited. I was really excited. Yep. You have Galini and Nett. Um, another back four pairing for, uh, or excuse me, another center back duo pairing with a, with a back four in defense for Nuno. Doughboy on the right, at right back, unfortunately. Like you mentioned, Jacob, Tanganga and Roden in the middle with Ben Davies on the left at left back. And then this was the interesting part. I didn't really know what Nuno was going to go with in midfield. To be honest, I thought Harry Winks was going to be out there again today. Luckily he wasn't, but he started skip Oliver skip end on big dick and, and heel, which definitely a much, much different style to what they were playing um, earlier in the week. And there's going to be, I, I thought there was going to be a lot more creativity, man. I was very, very disappointed in the fact that there wasn't too many chances created throughout the match. I thought we came out pretty, 
we, we, we did pretty well coming out of the match at the start of the, at the, uh, at the start of the game, but as it kind of wore on, Ren kept getting back into the match. They kept pushing us on the front foot and ultimately, I don't know, man. I thought it was a mixed performance. And then to round off the 11, we have Steven Bergvine, Lucas Mora, and Harry Kane up top. And like like we've been saying, man, another game with with a lack of creativity and not much not much tooth in front of net, if you want to say. Tooth, foot, dick, I don't care what you want to call it. We didn't have a bunch of anything in front of net. And I thought that, I mean, there was a lot of opportunities that was just wasted on Matt Doherty crosses. I mean, half the time he was passing it to the opposing defenders and, you know, Ben Davies, I I don't know if it was like a a lack of synchronicity between just the back four in general, because I don't know how many times they've actually worked that back four together, but man, I I, I don't know how you terminate REA's contract, but still retain Matt Doherty. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't. That's just not good business. I'd rather have Serge Aurier out there fucking fouling left and right for no reason getting a red card than what, what I saw from Matt Doherty. And and Ben Davies, I thought he looked scrambled. I mean... He got beaten multiple times on the wing, which, which sucked. I felt like Roden had to cover a lot from on that left-hand side today because he just failed to track back. Runners, or excuse me, wingers just ran past him at times, it looked like. It was just uninspiring, man. It was uninspiring from a lot of players. And you could say that about multiple players on this in this starting 11 today and even on some of the substitutes that came in as well. It's it just wasn't good enough. And you you, you can see on the score sheet, you have one goal that was an own goal, a deflected Lucas Moore shot in the first half. And then Pierre-Emile Hoybier has to come in. I mean, was that a cross uh, because of injury shot? Uh, I don't really care, man. As long as it, it went to the like back a, of the net. It looked like a and then And then Hoybier had his goal in the second half, which was, you know, it is it is what it is. I'm glad Hoybier finally got on the score sheet because, you know, obviously he's had a lot of um, inspiring performances in, in a Tottenham shirt. So it's always nice to see him get on the score sheet. But if you think about it, man, it there wasn't a whole lot of real clear-cut chances for us throughout the match. And we'll get into Endombele in a little bit, but... Other than him, there wasn't too many players out there where I thought were dangerous consistently throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Lucas had his moments. I, I thought Kane was, eh, he wasn't really making too many threats. He had one of our only shots on net today, but other than that, didn't do too much else. Bergvine, I thought, was pretty bright until he got injured. Uh, it's, they're just, like I said, man, there just wasn't a lot of positives to take away from today. It was just one of those matches where you just kind of wanted to grind it out me as a fan just watching it i just wanted to get out get out of there man with as least amount of injuries after i saw bergvine and then lucas also get knocked up um a few times in the match i was like dude we we got to get a result one point or three i don't care at this point it's a road match against a pretty tough opponent in a pretty tough atmosphere get a result and get out man that crowd that crowd came to party they yeah. were fucking bringing it and it was pretty pretty inspiring to see just from you know an opposing fan club's perspective but holy shit harry kane what a what a underwhelming performance and uninspiring performance he put in i mean you're wearing the captain's armband you just broke the record right for european nights for a club how you don't do anything more i mean we could chalk it up to a thousand different things at the end of the day. Like Harry Kane creates when Harry Kane wants to, 
he's a monster. You can't tell me he can't go out there and fucking put one Not or under two. Not under Nuno's system, apparently. I but don't know. With me, I I, I give with me? I give the I, I put the blame on both the the system and also the players, man, because the tactics have not been great over the past, I would say three, three or so matches, even against Watford. I thought we looked a little shaky at times, mm-hmm. but you look at the last two matches, man, and the, ta- the taxes have just not been there, whether it's the 11 that he puts out there or whether it's in-game decision-making and, and, you know, the lack of adaptation and the lack of changes that, that Nuno makes sometimes, or I guess lack thereof. That's the most alarming thing to me, man. Honestly, I'm, I am scared for Sunday against Chelsea. I actually am. I am scared that we're going to get absolutely battered. But I do want to talk about uh, Endon Belly real quick because I thought he was probably the brightest spot of the day, in my opinion. But even then, man, uh, the first Ren goal, I thought it, he was in part to blame. I thought there was three players to blame on that first goal. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a well-worked goal, kind of a tiki-taka style, kind of those, those pep. Uh, Barcelona days I thought it kind of reminded me a little bit of that hey fair play and I think the the player's name was Tate ended up getting on the score sheet he's an attacking midfielder for Ren um, had a pretty good performance today if I do say so myself but um, Endombele failed to track back at um, that, that that was the first mistake Endombele fails to track back in the top left corner of the box the ball gets uh, one two'd back to Tate Tanganga's kind of caught in this I don't want to say no man's land but I think he's caught in a kind of an awkward position and skips there trying to catch up to just the entire sequence. So he's an entire step behind as well. And then Tanganga eventually doesn't close out in time. And the, and the next thing you know, the ball's in the corner of the net. Like there was just so many parts in that sequence, man, that frustrated me so much because I thought the goal was totally avoidable. If people just did their assignments and focused in, you have, if you, if you have, and Dombele making an effort there to close the, the attacker down in the first place might have a, tan- a, a chance to get a, a deflection or, or, hey, who knows? Maybe we intercept the ball and we're on a counterattack now. Then you have Skip, who's just a step behind of the entire sequence. If he's a, a step ahead, he gets there, makes an interception. And then Tanganga, if he closes down a little bit quicker, chance never happens. So it's just unfortunate, man, because I feel like it's simple mistakes that – some of our players are making that are, that have dire consequences. And it's, in my opinion, both goals were avoidable today. Even the second one, you, you could say the second one, Golini probably should have done better with after he parried it out right in front of the net. And then Ben Davies in no man's land, looking around and wondering, Oh shit, how did my man that I was supposed to be, uh, that I was supposed to be marking just put one into the back of the net right in front of me. Like it's just stuff like that, that gets me worried because you can't do that. If you're going to be a top Premier League team, if you're going to make a run in Europe, if you're going to make a run in these cut matches, it's not going to cut it. It's not. That's the most that's the most frustrating part for me. Is I feel like it's avoidable. I don't know how you felt on those goals, but that was just my perspective. Honestly, I, I props to. I'm I'm going to butcher their name. Stad Rennie, Stad Ren, Stayed Ren, Stayed Ren. Man, stayed Ren. Our players stayed at home. That's what I say. Um, Should have stayed at home. Might as well have stayed at home. But, 
but props to these guys. I mean, the crowd came out. They came out. You could tell in that first 45 that the momentum just fucking whirlwind swish in the direction of them. And Stod Wren stayed Wren. How do you say it? Stayed Wren. Stayed Wren. Okay. Well, you know, props to those guys. Um, I thought that that they did a good job of um, playing themselves into the game and really taking control of that game, especially in the first half. We didn't look like a top six club in English Premier League or, you know, do you even want to see this in a Champions League match? This wasn't even Europa quality. No, Like it was pretty piss poor. Um, And man, it's just, it's disappointing. This was a, 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 an 11 that, other than two glaring holes on the left and the right back, um, I was pretty excited about this this formation. I think yeah. Bellini let me down a little bit. Yeah, I think that second goal was was his own fault. But like, if Hugo's a net, does that goal happen? Probably not. I'm just saying second, the second one probably not. But here's the thing: is he's also playing with guys that he hasn't played with before. It's a whole. I'm not trying to make excuse. I feel like I say this pretty often is that it's like, Hey, these new guys are getting thrown together. And man, I, I, I really sympathize with Nuno because I feel like, you know, that man's not in control of who goes in and who goes out at the transfer market. Like, let's be completely honest. We both know at the end of the day, he's, he, he's just a guy who says, Hey, I like that guy. And they say, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do their money business. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like he can only play with the with the assets he has. And, I mean, it just showed a lack of depth today. The fact that our best two wingers outside of Son go down. Like, who do we have? Brian Hill? And That's it? Really? Who, who, who played out? Fucking Hoybier was out there on the right wing side, I saw. And... It, it, it was a uh, Dane Scarlet. Dane Scarlet came out and well, he played up top. He, yeah, because he he'll came moved out. He'll moved out wide to the left, and then on the right side it was Lucas until he came off, and then after that, Endombele was kind of pushing up further to the right, and then when he came off, um, Deliali was pushing up a little bit further as well. But yeah, man, it's not great. Our our best healthy winger right now, like fully fit winger, is Brian Heel. Son's mm. still dealing with an injury. Now Bergvine's dealing with a new injury to his ankle, and now Lucas is knocked up as well. I need to stop saying knocked up. They have slight knocks. They're definitely not knocked up. I pro- hey, I apologize. Fr- French is the language of love. I mean, who knows what <laughs> happened out there? No, but to, I mean, <laughs> now I feel justified when I was like, we need to sign a Domitore. You know what I'm saying? Now I yeah. feel... Because, man, we just got exposed. We never replaced the role that Gareth Bale played. We had a shit ton of wingers, and it was a problem even just for them to get minutes last season. And we, I feel like that's a better problem to have than the one we're having now. We're, we are in no shape to play a team that is not only in the Champions League, who had just won the Champions League, but is also in contention, and a lot of people are saying is, you know, favorites, if not runner-up favorites, to win the Premier League. I mean, holy shit, what a worse time to fucking play a team. And I'm not looking forward to it. 
we got a live stream on um friday today if you're listening to this on friday if today. you're listening to this on friday i'm just not looking forward to the chelsea match i'll put it yeah. this way me neither uh, would you I'm, like to let, let's go over the back line um let's let's give our thoughts on the back line and then we can move on to uh so I guess trying to figure out how the hell we're going to even have a chance at competing with Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, I had already mentioned it, man. I, I thought the back line was absolutely dreadful. All four of them, every single person on that back line was awful today. You had Doughboy. Don't even get me started with Doughboy. That was his definitely. I mean, there are some contenders. Don't get me wrong. There are some contenders for, for worst match in a Tottenham Uni. But Doughboy was extremely awful today. The man, the man couldn't string together two passes in a row. I swear. The man could not play a one-two to save his life. The man could not track back to save his life. The man could, could not finish. Look, he had a, de- what? The second goal came off a deflected cross because it was so bad that it just happened to fall to Hoybier's feet after it got deflected. So he was awful. Tanganga had some shoddy moments as well. I thought he was very inconsistent throughout the match. And again, I thought the, fir- the first goal, he was in part to blame. Roden was having to freaking play two positions at once because Ben Davies could not track back to save his life and could not keep up with pacey wingers as well. And then I already said it. Ben Davies is absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. I do not understand why this man, I have said it on the pod so many times before. Why is this man in a Tottenham uniform? Why is he still playing in Lily White? He needs to stay in Wren and play for them. I've said it as many times as, as I think I can. He needs to be playing for the opposition when we're playing teams like Crystal Palace, when we're playing teams like Watford, when we're playing teams like Stade Wren, for Christ's sake. The man is not built for this 11 he is not built for a what should be a contender for top four every single year he is not a quality premier league player get him out of my club and he fucking wore the captain armband today for a period of the match after the substitutions what are we doing that is the problem why was he not sold this summer backline was terrible man absolutely terrible Absolutely terrible. All four of them. You want to talk no about... one should no one should be starting on Sunday that started today. I'm sorry. Even Tanganga and Roden. If Romero and Sanchez are not starting at center back on Sunday, we're losing 3-0. I'm calling it right now. If Romero and Davinson Sanchez are not fit enough for Chelsea on Sunday, we're losing 3-0. Easy. While we're on the topic of people who wore the armband, I mean... I thought Davies put in as inspiring a performance today than the uh, equal to Harry Kane's performance. Perhaps I mean, we're talking about the back line. I, I understand that, but you, you brought up the fact that he wore the captain's armband. When Yeah, it's when, disgraceful. A player of his quality should not be wearing the Tottenham armband. I'm sorry. Fair. That's fair. I don't okay. care. That's fair. And I think, you know, I touched on it earlier, the fact that I, I'm a fan of the Rodon Tanganga pairing. I think you're going to need more time together as a unit before you can expect great results. Who knows? I think anything is possible. Fucking anything. And that's the beautiful thing about this sport. You know what I'm saying? All those supporters, they went home and they felt good. They felt like they did their part. 
and their team got a result. For me, you know, Ben Davies, he's been at the club quite some time now, and I think he's an older guy. So I think that that's why he got to wear the captain's armband. Um, I mean, he, he did it before. It almost just seems like Nuno just lets whoever used to be the captain be the captain. In my opinion, my skipper is fucking Pierre, not skipper. My Pierre Emile Hoiberg to me embodies everything that a captain is of a team. As soon as he came out there, you could hear the mics picked up, him yelling to Tanganga, come here, come here, no, come here. And then he comes over and you know, obviously I don't know what he said to him, but he said something to him. And I thought, you know, at that point, Tanganga did play a little bit better. And I think having a person out there who can coach up the other guys who can grab them and say, Hey, get the fuck over here and listen to what I'm about to tell you. Like you need those people on your squad. That's the problem though. Why was there not anything out there before he came on? Why hasn't anyone stepped up? Because Harry Kane's not a fucking leader. Apparently. That's what I, mean, I think. Even in the midfield, though, like I'm talking about the midfield. Like, can <laughs> Harry Kane is not in the midfield right now? Hold on, I'm talking about the midfield. Before Hoybier came on, it just looked like everyone was out of sync, and it looked like everyone was on the uh, a different page. It looked like Skip was on a different page from Endombele, and those two were on a different page from Heel, who was pushing further up the pitch. Well, Why do you not? You need to have a field general. You need to have a field general out there who's going to tell everyone where they need to be and needs to take control of that midfield. The fact that no one stepped up is a testament to the, I don't want to say spinelessness, but the lack of oomph, the lack of fight and the lack of, you know, BDE that you need in a, in a midfield. That that's my issue. Like Hoybier, I agree with you, Jacob. I agree that Hoybier changed the game when he came on, but the fact that he has to do that in the Europa conference league is the issue in the first place. Well, I will it's say ridiculous. this. How many times have you seen Ali Skip play with Tongi and Dombele? How many times? A handful of times, but he hasn't played much with, with anyone. At least this season. How, how many times? Zero. With Nuno? Zero. Exactly. And that's my point is we can't expect him to have the same poise and the same like positional and game plan awareness as if he had Pierre Emile Hoybier out there yelling at him. I don't think Tongi talks too much during the game unless you're up close, but he's not yelling and screaming. And I mean, shit, when you're used to playing alongside a guy like Pierre and then you're playing alongside a guy like Tongi, they play the they play the game completely different. And there's just but you bring up no- another good point is that the fact that they haven't played together before is another testament to the decision making that Nuno's had so far this season. The fact that Endombele hasn't gotten a lot of time to play with Skip so far this year is ridiculous. The man should have been playing at least three games ago. I don't care if he wanted out. Like that's the that's the type of things that you gotta look at when when we're I guess taking a look at the performances is because the people shouldn't be feeling themselves out this much early into the season, if you get what I mean. Like there should already be somewhat of a system to where players can feel comfortable, whether you change out some of the parts, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Like, I know, I know, you. I know Nuno likes to play with a tight group of players, a tight knit group of players. Like he doesn't like too much variety and he doesn't like too much rotation, but 
now that's getting exposed because more players are starting to go down injured. Other players are, are just not giving what's needed to the team. There's a lot going wrong, man. There's a well, lot going wrong right now. And I feel you, like a lot of it could have been preventable. If you think about it, Tongi and Dombele, it wasn't played because Nuno chose him or because Nuno felt like there was something he was going to bring. He, he got played out of necessity. Yeah, he got exactly. played because fuck who who the fuck else was going to play. So, man, it's it's tough the Tongi and Dombele talk because you know we as outsiders don't know what goes on beyond those walls. We can only speculate and go off of what we hear or what we read from you know credited journalists or whoever the fuck at Twitter are good sources. To me. You know, he showed a lot of things today that is enough to at least keep him in the conversation of continuing at least to be in some form of the of the squad. But he hasn't even been in an 18. And he goes out there and, you know, puts on one of the better performances out of anyone out there on the field. And I, I don't know. It's just tough. Our midfield is in shambles. Our back line's in shambles. But I am going to go back just a little bit to Joe Rodon and Jaffa Tanganga. That's a pairing that I would like to see in the future. But honestly, Tanganga has not looked, and I'm the biggest, I mean, if you listen to our last episode, we got into it about Tanganga a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go to blows for this man. But, man, in that center back position, he just doesn't look as comfortable as he did anymore. I know that's his natural position and that's what everyone says, but shit, his performance against Man City versus his performance either of the times we've seen him play at that center back position like he did with uh, Palace, you know what I'm saying? Like, just doesn't look good. Yep. So for me, I move Jaffa back out to the right. I mean, obviously he can't play against Chelsea, but in the future anyway... I think again, just touching back on the on the the lack of depth that we have, the fact that we're like talking about starting Mark and Dale and and these other guys, like we are not at a good point this year. I mean, before the international break, we were top of the league, undefeated. Nuno's manager of the month. Now we're sitting here like, man, can Nuno really do this? Is is he really our guy? I mean, to me, I hate to say it, I I'm gonna back the manager. But during this match, I did have the feeling of like he's kind of showing why he was sixth choice, in my opinion. Like, yep. Why he wasn't our number one choice manager. It is almost like Aldi brand Nuno, or uh, excuse me, Aldi brand Jose Mourinho, which I don't know if you've seen his boys. They they did they did all right. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, I don't care. I don't care about about Jose. Man of the match, my friend. Um, I'm actually going to split the award, and I'm going to give half of it to Tongi and Dombele and the other half to Hoybier. What about you? Can I give it to the final whistle again? <laughs> so I didn't yes. have to watch it anymore? Yes, but you only have one um, Uh Man. I'll probably give it to Endombele. Um I 
I don't I don't know what I don't really have much more to say, man. I the only thing I have to say is I'm not in a good place right now with Tottenham. I'm not feeling good about Sunday at all. And I'm worried. I'm worried. Predicted eleven against Chelsea. You want to get into it before we wrap up the pod? Yeah. Any final thoughts on the conference league? No, just glad it's fucking over. Me too. I mean, this is a game going in that I've, I've already said I didn't care. We could have gone out there and lost if we played the kids, and I wouldn't have cared. Only reason I cared about the conference league a little bit was because of the 11 and some of the guys that were out there I was pretty excited to see, but kind of let me down. So my predicted 11 for Chelsea, we're going Hugo back in net, Avi. Golini needs to continue to watch Hugo. At the right back, I'm going to say they're probably – out of necessity, going to start um, Emerson Royale. And then I think at the center back pairing, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if Dyer can come back. Because if he does, I think it's going to be. Yeah, he's or, not ruled out yet. So we'll and, see. And neither are the Argentinian folk, are they? Is Romero? No, they're not ruled out. They're, they're coming back on Saturday, I believe, with the group. And remember, they're still training in Croatia. So they're hopefully they're staying fit but they are still in Croatia for the time being. Well, I mean, I haven't heard of Croatia being like the party capital of anywhere. So hopefully we are. Right. But hopefully at the center back, I'm going to say a healthy Dyer comes back and he plays alongside Joe Roden. Um, and then at the left back is going to be Sergio Region. And then I think Ali and Hoybier, Deli, Lucas, I think Lucas will be all right. I don't know if Stevie will be all right. I don't know. I'm kind of worried about Steven's uh, injury he picked up. Uh, Lucas, too. Who knows? But I'm going to say Lucas healthy and then Kane. And then on the right wing, um, probably heel or or swap him, actually. Put heel on the left and, and more on the right. And honestly, Kane, for me, Man, he's got to fucking show anything. Show me anything more than he showed me today. And it's easy to do. It's, it shouldn't be too hard because there wasn't much. That that's the thing is, I felt like a lot of these guys did let us down. And when you go, when you said earlier, like some of these guys shouldn't even be. I don't disagree that they shouldn't be in the the starting eleven next week, or excuse me, against Chelsea. I, I agree. I mean, it's hard to fight for any of these guys right now. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Hugo and Nett. Emerson Royale at right back as well. And I'm I'm actually going to make a bold prediction here. I think it's Romero and Sanchez at the center back pairing for Chelsea. I'm not too sure about Dyer, so that's why I'm going to say them too. If Dyer comes back and he's healthy, I'll say Dyer and Sanchez with um, Reggie on the left at left back. And then in the midfield, I think it's going to be Hoybier and Skip again. Um, what I'm debating on is whether Nuno will stick with Delhi like he has been, or he'll swap him out with Endom Thickcock. I think he's going to go with Delhi Alley, so I'm going to say Delhi Alley. With Brian Hill on the left, I agree with you, Jacob. Lucas Moore on the right, and then Harry Kane up top. But biggest question marks for me is who's going to be playing at center back and who's going to be playing in the midfield. We'll see. We'll see. Either way, 
3-0 Chelsea on Sunday? For me, there's four giant question marks, and it's the two center backs, the right back, and whoever's going to be on the wing. You know what I'm saying? He. I don't think right back I, will be a question on Sunday, though, because Tanganga's out. I think Emerson Royal has it locked down. There's no way Doughboy gets into the 11 after today. L- let me rephrase. I think not question marks, but just things I'm going to be specifically watching with mm-hmm. with criminal intent. I'll say, I'll go. I'll be bold and say with criminal intent. I'll be watching that. The, I mean, uh, honestly, our back line's been shit. Sergio Reguilón hasn't had that great of performances, but he's been our best outside of, you know. As of late, I will say. So, yeah, not looking forward to this Chelsea game. I'm gonna say three-one Chelsea. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we. If if we score, it's gonna be own goal, man. No, this is until saying... they can prove to me that there's creativity in that team. I'm not saying more than one goal for the next at least week. I say we go up one-zero, and then Chelsea just cock rockets three from Lukaku. I think Lukaku gets a hattie. I would. I think I'd rather play at Chelsea right now than at home, because at least at like I I know we're gonna lose on Sunday, but at least have it be at Stamford Bridge the way we can at least get it out of the way mm-hmm. that way we don't have to play there later in the year. But no, it's at fucking Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so it just makes it that much more important to win because you already know that that reverse leg is not going to be pretty. Maybe it, it never usually is. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Them Tottenham supporters fucking show out. They feel it in their bones. Tottenham players feel a little something, something. And we have a little magic and we beat Chelsea and then we can go back to being on top of the world. You never know. That's what makes this game so fucking beautiful is you just never know. We'll see, man. But there's there's just not a lot for me to grasp onto right now as far as positives go. But I hope you're right. I really do hope you're right. There is not a lot of positives. You're completely 1,120% correct. Well, before we wrap up the pod, just like you did uh, at the beginning of the show, I'll go ahead and, and do a shameless plug as well that we do have a live show tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, on Tottenham Moy's YouTube channel once again and Facebook page. And if you're into Periscope, hey, give us a little click on Periscope at the, at the Tottenham Away page. We'll be on there on the live stream tomorrow. I actually will not be on there, but Jacob's beautiful face will be on there tomorrow and he will actually be hosting. Uh-huh. So he'll be joined by uh, a friend of the pod who's been recently introduced to us. And uh, is Stelios making another another appearance on the live stream? I really hope so. I'm going to need more okay. than some guy I've never talked to. All right. So we'll see how well, it goes. Definitely stay tuned later today if you're listening to this on a Friday. Stay tuned later today. Jacob will be joined by some other friends of the pod. And uh, if you've noticed, we've got a new logo as well. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have the designer and the mastermind of the logo come on the pod in a future episode. But just wanted to give a cheeky shout out to Jack Hazard or Hazard. I for, I, I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Hopefully I'm not butchering it. But um, thank you to Jack so much for our new logo. It's very clean. We love the tail on the end of the S. Love to see some of that ass. And uh, yeah, it's exciting times for the pod, Jacob. Exciting mm-hmm. times. We have live shows now. We have a brand new professional logo like hey we're kind of official it's kind of happening man it's kind of happening sweet. it's pretty it sweet. is it and is i think it'll be something cool for the people who stuck around since the beginning to kind of just continue to watch this thing grow 
Who Hell knows? Yeah. You and I talked about some merch. I'd like a comfy little hoodie. Who knows? Who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube, and Facebook. And if you're interested, join our Patreon. Do it, do it, do it. We're looking for more people to engage with us on social media. You guys absolutely killed it last week in the Tottenham Away live stream. Loved it. Keep bringing the hype. Keep bringing the questions in the comments. We love the banter, and hopefully Jacob will be able to make you guys laugh either later today if you're listening to this on a Friday. And, uh, and yeah, we're very, very excited. Like we said, definitely some very, very exciting times for the podcast, and we cannot do it without your support. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, up the lads. Come on, you Spurs. Come we'll on, see you next time. you Spurs. <laughs>